It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam, and here with me, as always, is my co-host, TJ Peterson. And uh, what uh, what has happened since the last time we recorded? Well, let's just thinking about it for just a sec. Uh, the World Cup started. Mm-hmm. The new Pokemon games came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, my cousin got married. Congrats. Can't imagine, can't really, I can't think of anything else. No, I don't did, think anything, did, else, anything else happened. No, I, I think that's it. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I was worried that I might have forgotten something, but no, yeah. I, I, I don't think uh, anything else happened. Yeah, so I guess on this episode of Paris, we're going to talk about those things. And let's let's start with your cousin's wedding. How was your cousin's wedding, Jake? You know, it was it was a great time. I had a lot of fun. I was a groomsman, so it was a very busy weekend. But you know, my my cousin and his fiance, they were the stars of the show. Their 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 passion is really evident. Like it's it's a it's a real flame that what they've got, what the two of them have going on. And uh someone was so wearing, wearing a blue jacket. What were you wearing? Yeah, exactly. I was wearing a black tux. But I'm sure someone go. at the wedding was in a blue jacket. Probably. Yeah, I can't really think of anything that was going on while I was away this weekend. All right. So did uh, I miss anything? I I guess we got to move on to uh, Pokemon. How are you enjoying the new Pokemon game? You know, it's great. I've seen, I, I've caught three shinies already, so I've gotten some stars showing up in Yo, my game. Oh, shiny, uh, shiny boots of leather. My my Cerule Edge that I've been that I've been fawning over since the moment he was announced. Uh, I finally have my Cerule Edge, a really nice fire type, and the flames on his swords are just like they're so cool, man. And uh, my Quaxley is fully evolved. Uh, and now yeah. it wears a blue jacket. Is that is that so? Wow, formal. Yeah, crazy. I mean, I guess it's more like a, a a kind of a onesie. It's like a it's not quite a leotard. Like it is full pants, but he's a dancer mm-hmm. in his fully evolved form, who wears blue. Yeah. So moving on to the World Cup, I think that we got to talk about it now. Uh, uh, it was it was great to see all the stars. You know, Messi, Lewandowski. Um, you get to see Ronaldo, Neymar pretty soon, but uh, unfortunately for Messi, that he, he uh, kind of flamed out, and uh, Saudi Arabia beat Argentina two to one. 
and, and you could see that the Saudi Arabia team, they gave their player of the match a blue jacket, which I, I thought was weird. Like, it doesn't have any relevance to Saudi Arabia at all. But, yeah, Jake, your thoughts on Saudi Arabia's 2-1 win over Argentina? You know, it's it's crazy. I I don't know if, if Argentina's stars just didn't show up uh, <laughs> or or I don't know if if... Like you were saying, I mean, Messi and Argentina just flamed out. I don't know. Did did Argentina have Eric Goodbranson playing defense? <laughs> well, there there was a massive expected goals disparity, and I oh, guess weird. That's, that's what we can talk about here. Yeah, the expected goals in that game. Uh, it was like two point two for Argentina to point two for Saudi Arabia. Quite but a... Saudi Arabia won despite yes. Argentina having a much higher expected goal number. Yeah, which okay. means obviously expected goals are meaningless. So yeah, expected goals don't mean a lot. But I, I mean, we're we're back. You know, we're we're back having to talk about the same thing again. You know, what does this mean? Like, it, it keeps happening. Is it is it unsustainable? Is it sustainable? If you just look at the week as a whole. You've got mostly games that were kind of coin flip type of games. I mean, the the Flames game was literally decided in extra innings of a shootout. That's about as close as you can get. Stars game was a one goal game. And then there was the Blue Jackets. And that was bad. But Sergei Bobrovsky gave up, what, five goals on 22 shots or something like that? 24? Unfortunately, I don't know. I was very unable to really pay attention to the Panthers this weekend due to all of the being a groomsman that I had going on. Yeah, and I mean... The Seemed like a good weekend of hockey to miss, though, so that's cool. Yeah, well, the Flames game was fun, and we could talk. We should talk about that, or I guess I should talk about it because I don't know how much of it you even got to see. None. But um, you know, it was it was fun. I was I was in attendance and I had a good time. And I thought the team didn't play that bad, but at the same time, you know, goaltending is the thing that's on a lot of people's lips right now. And the the stat that I was giving you about Bobrovsky giving up the five goals. To be honest with you, though, I can't really say that I have a major issue with any of the goals that he let in. Admittedly, I, I turned the game off with like three minutes left, so I didn't see the fifth Blue Jackets goal. I just decided to watch Sunday Night Football from there on. And, uh, you know, on, on Saturday, I just did not like the the goals that Knight gave up. The first three, at the very least, I, I felt like all all three of them at least could have been saved. Like, should should have done better. And it's really disappointing when your goalie lets in those type of goals because they're becoming so rare in today's NHL, right? Yeah. You just you you just don't see goalies give up such soft goals anymore. And you know, it's the difference between one and two points which is ultimately not really going to change the tenor of this conversation because they they still got a point in that game. But right now I guess that that's the big issue like they gave up five goals, four goals, and five goals in the past three games. They gave up two goals to Washington, which I, you know, two goals is fine. And it, it wasn't really a major issue against the Oilers. And, you know, we've come to this point in the season where I don't really even know what to say, because at the point 
that we were talking about, oh, they lost to the Coyotes. They can't score on the power play. The defense isn't a problem, but the offense is a problem. Well, now we've got all the opposite things to say. They're scoring on the power play. The offense is producing. They scored four goals against the Flames. They scored five goals against the Capitals. They scored four goals against the Stars. They kind of sputtered against the Blue Jackets, but they had like 50 shots. I don't know how to react to this. Like, I guess it's just the ebbs and flows of the NHL regular season being really, really long. And it's, it's maybe that's a good thing. It's hard to take one week and use it to project what's going to happen in the next week. Unfortunately, it is becoming a repeating trend and, and a pattern for this team. Again, like all the data points to this team being so much better than their record. But there are only so many times that I that I'm willing to brush aside a loss like the Columbus loss with, well, good teams lose to bad teams all the time. How many times have I said that this season already? Arizona, Chicago. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Like there are only so many times where I where I can say that and have it be a reasonable excuse. The Panthers are sitting out of a playoff spot now. Um, granted, we are still, I mean, and there's only so long that we can be that we can use early in the season, which I was yeah. about to do, but I we're almost 20 games in. Mm-hmm. Um, Panthers are all are are only out of a wild card spot by a win, and Detroit is still holding on to a spot. And I don't think the Panthers have played Detroit yet this year. No, I've um, not played Detroit. So that's promising. There is there's like there's still a clear visible path back in. Uh, but sitting outside, coming up on Thanksgiving is uh is a tough place to be. I mean, I I would say let's get to the 41 game point before we talk about like, what are the expectations for the season? You know, like, is the goal now playoff spot? Because we really didn't know what to expect coming into the season. We kind of thought they would be a playoff team, but, you know, it is looking like it's going to be, you know, a lower seed and they're not going to have home ice for, you know, an example of where they're going to end up. And I mean, I don't know. Like, it's very discouraging to see the amount of odd man rushes that they gave up against Dallas, against Columbus. It's frustrating to see Mark Stahl give away one of the odd man rushes on one of the worst plays of I've seen all season by anybody, but you know, pretty much all of those are Mark Stahl's unfortunately for him. Uh, I'm frustrated that uh, Eric Stahl can't do anything with the increased offensive opportunities that he was given and congrats. He wasn't caved in when he was on a a higher line, but he also missed a bunch of good chances. The eye test doesn't necessarily tell me that Eric Stahl's horrible, but the numbers, they, the numbers really do. So I got to go with that. And, you know, I, I would have said to you last week that, you know, Mark Stahl, not necessarily what I would have done. I wouldn't have signed him. I wouldn't have played him from the beginning, but I could live with the way that he was playing. He was playing like a third pairing defenseman. Hmm. Only so long I can do that. You know, he's 
underwater. One of the few players on the team that is underwater in terms of the metrics. And, you know, it seems lazy that this is all we have to point to necessarily. I mean, there's other issues, but they're not as consistent. Like, like I was just saying, two weeks ago, we were like, this power play's horrible. They've scored a power play goal in like... Pretty much every game. Pretty much every game, they've scored at least one power play goal. So the power play doesn't look like it's a problem anymore. Offensively, they scored four goals against Calgary. They scored four goals against the Stars. They scored five goals against Washington. It seems like offensively, they're doing at least fine right now. And they can't get the saves when they really need them. Like, it, it just... What does that tell you? I really don't know. It does seem like they're losing a lot of close games right now. But I I mean, they're only winning close games also. They haven't won any blowouts. It'd be nice to get one. It sure would. Well, I, I mean, the Washington game, final score 5-2. to two, Not as yeah, but, much of a blowout as some of the games last season, but... Eh... Just and like was a it, win was it, where the other team doesn't even bother pulling their goalie, please. Yeah. Was it uh was it Jay Fresh who tweeted that the private models are even more favorable to the Panthers than the public ones? Yeah, that was him. Yeah. So like at some point the other shoe has to drop. Our PDO is gonna come up and we'll start winning some games. Right? Like yeah. that has to happen eventually. Yeah. Well the question that... then becomes is it going to happen? before it's too late for the Panthers to claw their way back into a playoff spot. Well, the, actually, what I was going to say is, well, you know, is the goaltending going to sink them? Like, that's another option. Because the shooting percentage, I'm confident, it's going to level out. And it pretty much already has. But they can't get a save right now. And it's not just Bobrovsky. As much as I would like to say that you know, Dale Talon and his decision-making sunk the team. Spencer Knight's been giving up questionable goals as well. You know, he's going to be the one in the net against the, what is it, 17-2 and Boston Bruins on Wednesday. Which, by the way, the Panthers are somehow favored in that game. So if you can, put a put a dime down on the Bruins because Lord knows that we're not getting very lucky lately. And uh, you'll you probably... just know that... Like the Panthers are going to beat the Bruins. Somehow the Panthers will beat the Bruins. I I refuse to believe. My brain can't comprehend that this team is going to lose four games in a row. I mean, we'll see. I'm not going to predict anything on the game-by-game basis. You just did. You told people to put (laughs) money on the Bruins. Okay, my predi- my prediction my prediction is that this team is unlucky right now. So why not bet on a seventeen and two team or whatever they are? That's an underdog. True, especially against uh, a cursed cursed ass team like the Panthers, which is exactly why the Panthers are going to win. Mm-hmm. So I talked about the stalls a little bit, and. Paul Maurice is, I think, the thing that's brought up the most as an issue when it comes to this recent streak of losses and just 
negative results in general over the course of the full season. How much do you think you contributed to him specifically not applying the right ideas, tactics, man management, whatever you think that he does and try to like remove just any like adjustment in general from that? What? How much of the struggles do you attribute to just Paul Maurice not being good as a coach? Oh, rather than in all good conscience, I can't attribute any of the struggles to Paul Maurice's coaching. He has coached a team that is near the top of the league in pretty much every major predictive metric. And that includes on special teams. I can't really blame him for any of that. Yeah, I I go both ways on it because there I can't find any numbers to line up what I'm thinking. But every time I see this team struggle to score, like I I see the shot clock and they're like, you know, it's the first period, they don't have a goal and they somehow have 17 shots and I'm like that doesn't make any sense. Now, I think that that's also true of the defense, like I never feel like they're giving up any quality on the defensive side. I think that they basically there's no quality chances in a Paul Maurice game. So it's weird that there's a bunch of high scoring games recently. I mean, the stars game was an outlier. I mean, the Panthers are a top team in expected goals and high danger Corsi four. Yeah. That the stats just don't match the eye test. So and I'm going to say happens, that the stats are fall back on the stats. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody will be able to explain it. We're trying to get somebody that uh, we've had on before that's helped us, you know, understand tactics and their influence on some of the results that we've seen. Hopefully that will come to fruition. But yeah, right now, all I can do is throw my hands up and say, you know, I dislike what they've done with the Stahl brothers. I think the roster mismanagement, which we'll talk about in a bit, has definitely been a problem. You know, but overall, I think the foundation of what Paul Maurice is doing is not the problem. Now, at the same time, it's not necessarily like the conversation is Paul Maurice good or bad, because you kind of do have to think about Andrew Burnett was the alternative. He was the coach in waiting that you could have had. And now he's won 13 games in a row, albeit as an assistant in New Jersey. Yeah. But I mean, the, the Devils stunk and then he showed up and now they've won 13 in a row i don't know how to balance the assistant coach part and that like obvious correlation i mean i i don't disagree but we also can't overlook that new jersey it's not like they have a bad team no i don't really last year they couldn't get a save right but they have some phenomenal players. Yep. So in both cases, Brunette did inherit pretty solid rosters. And the Devils, inheriting the Devils roster is probably the wrong word, but because he's not the head coach mm-hmm. uh, yet. But he, he walked into both of these teams already having some, well, in both cases with the Panthers and the Devils. With the Panthers, he inherited a very good roster already. And the Devils, he walked into a very good roster. I did not think the Devils would be as good as they are. And sure, perhaps his presence has something to do with that. Uh, But I don't want to overlook 
that the talent was there for him already. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I would and, say is that the optics are bad. Yes. Once again, if you Panthers look under the hood, the wrong end of optics involving a head coach. If you look under the hood, like how much of it is really like, as it seems, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, if, if the Panthers, let if they extrapolate this current record over the 82, they probably need to get a new coach, right? If the Panthers, they are, yeah. if the Panthers if miss five the playoffs, games, you, it, like if you miss the playoffs, you can't keep Paul Maurice. Period. I think I don't, I I don't think care that he only fair. had one year. I think that's fair, especially since like you can't go from the President's Trophy to missing the playoffs with what really should not with that attitude minimal, with what with what fair with what really should amount to minimal changes to the roster. I know it seems like a lot. But you have to consider the position that the Panthers were in prior to some of their additions at the deadline. And like again, between where the Panthers were prior to the trade deadline last year and where the Panthers are right now, the only significant change to the roster was the loss of Mackenzie Weger. Mm-hmm. And that's a major loss. Sure. Don't get us wrong. It shouldn't take you out of the playoffs. No, he's not a 10-war player. He's just not. Right. He's awesome, but an awesome player is like a four war player. Right. And he's probably not even that. Like that's like McDavid. I'm I'm McDavid's actually looking, like a four I'm or five. looking right now to see what McDavid's war was last season. He's like a four or five war player. Uyghur's probably like a two war player. And if you you take two wins out of this lineup, you know what fair enough. I would Connor say Connor McDavid Mark- was 4.9 last season. Okay, so he's a five war player. I would bet you that Uyghur was like a three-war player last year. But going forward, I would project him to be a two-war player because he had the best season of his career last year. Uyghur last year was a 1.7. Wow, I was wrong. Frankly, I'm also also surprised it's that low. Um, Especially since these stats tend to love him. Yeah. Much Um, more than the fans do anyway. And again, like, I know I I just spoke to two extremely different views on Paul Maurice. I I went from it's hard for me to blame him for any of the Panthers struggles because of where the Panthers underlying metrics sit to if you miss the playoffs, you have to fire him immediately. Um but that's because if the Panthers can't figure out how to score more or at least outscore their opponents, which is the goal of the sport, if we're all as long as we're all keeping track, you can't keep a coach even after one season that took you from the president's trophy to missing the playoffs. I really can't disagree with that, but you know, we'll, we'll see where the save percentage is at the end of the season. Right. And that's that, the old the old adage that a goalie can make or break a coach. Yeah. Jeff Merrick always says something about that. I don't remember exactly. Maybe I should have listened to him more closely. Sorry, Jeff, if you're I think it's something like good goalies win coaches the Jack Adams, bad goalies get coaches fired. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens. And I mean, Gerard Gallant, he didn't win the Jack Adams, I don't think, but well, that season. Well, he did the Panthers when Luongo carried the team. Did he win the Jack Adams, though? I don't think he did. Pretty sure he did. He didn't win with Vegas. He didn't win with New York. I'm pretty sure he I think won he did win with Vegas. I'm pretty sure he did win with Vegas. So while Jake looks it up, I uh, will The Jack just... Adams Award. 
21-22, Daryl Sutter of the Calgary Flames. 2021, Rod Brindamore of the Carolina Hurricanes. You don't um, need to read all of them. Just read, uh, I think, 18-19. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. 15-16 was Barry Trotz, Washington Capitals. because yeah, the Capitals won the President's Trophy. And then Gerard Gallant won it in 17-18 with Vegas. You're right. That's pretty funny. That uh, one season he wins the Jack Adams, and then the other season Barry Trotz wins the Stanley Cup. Good for Barry Trotz. Barry what do you Trotz, what do you make of the Stanley Cup? Real real quick, I don't want to make this a segment, but what do you make of the rumor that like he's interested in coaching an original six team? Oh, Trotz? Barry Trotz. Yeah. Have you heard that before? I haven't, and like, I don't know. I. I feel like any hockey coach would want to coach an original six team. Like that's just a cool thing to have on your resume. Yeah, sure. I can't but disagree with that, but to, I don't but, see any of those jobs coming available anytime right. soon. Well, Blackhawks. Um, Blackhawks are doing well, though. Yeah, that's not gonna. That's not gonna hold. And can you really blame the coach for that? And, but also, no. Uh, but to that end, uh, coaching—it's not like original six teams have a higher bar for who they hire as their head coaches. Yeah. They they play the same goalie carousel or they play the they play on the same head coach carousel that the rest of the teams do. Yeah, I mean it's the same as the goalie carousel. That's not such a bad analogy here. I mean Reinhardt's scoring now too. Like Yeah. You know, and I thought that was going to be the turning point. I thought once Sam Reinhardt got his shit together, the team would start winning. It, it's it's hard to identify specific issues right now, except for the goaltending. So maybe that should just be what we're, we're saying. Like, is this the goaltending we get for the rest of the year? I wouldn't necessarily rule it out. Bob is, you know, getting older. He's been very shaky in the last five years. It might have been a little bit of like rose colored glasses to think that the previous two seasons of his Panthers tenure were, you know, uh, you know, a weird blip on the radar and last year was more indicative of what he'll be going forward. But that's kind of what I was thinking because of his, you know, career being a two-time Vezina winner and just generally one of the best goalies in the league year in, year out. And that he would be not necessarily that in his thirties, but like an above average starting goalie, which yeah. he's not been. I don't and then think, Spencer I don't think is, you uh, ever actually expected that from him. Well, I don't think I said that, but I, I Look, definitely thought that. I will always hold that one of my crowning achievements of co-hosting this podcast with you uh, is getting you to say that you were happy that Sergei Bobrovsky signed with the Panthers. <laughs> that I will never forget that I got that oh, to happen. I meant coming into this season. Like I, uh, of course, like the contract was a disaster from the day it was signed. Oh, and totally. I have, it, it was weird at the time, even weirder now to think that like, I don't know. Would you say that 50% of the people agreed with us? You know, 50% or more agreed um, with us? I Because I don't think so. I don't think so. I, yeah. I think a lot of people were celebrating. And we were kind of not. Imagine if they got Panarin <laughs> instead. Well, I don't know. Because, you know, maybe that means they don't get uh, Verhage and they don't get Duclair and they don't get Forsling. And... Yeah. If you get Panarin, you don't get your forward depth. Um, I would more say imagine if they had gotten Robin Leonard. Yeah, was your guy that off season? Yeah, you were banging the drum so hard for him. I mean, it was really just like fucking anybody. 
Just yeah. don't give the just goalie don't give 70 30 year old Bob $10 million a year. Yeah. Don't, don't give him seven years. I, I actually, I think that my, my mindset at the time was that I was okay with it provided it was something that Panarin wanted. Like if Panarin was like, yeah, I want to play with Bob, give Bob a good deal too. I yeah. would have been fine with it, but no, they just like lost the game altogether, you know? And it gets talked about all the time. So, you know, sometimes I get stuff wrong, but sometimes I get stuff right. Yay. Here on Panther Prairie, we pride ourselves on usually being right, whether you like it or not. By the way, I don't want to make this a long segment either, but remember when people were like out of their minds wanting to extend Mike Hoffman long-term? That was weird. Did I just like black that out? Maybe you did. That was that such was... an easy prediction to make that he wasn't worth signing long-term. No, it, it was definitely a thing. People were like, he's the only one that can score on the team. And it was oh, so easy to yeah. tell. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a weird year, though. It was because they were setting him up to do that. Jonathan Huberdo, Alexander Barkov, they were setting him up to one-time it on the power play. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Uh, the second thing that we got to talk about here, because that was just one long, it's not going well segment. This is more, you know, looking forward. Uh, so Anthony Duclair is apparently skating now. And yeah, according to Frank Saravelli, his timetable return could be as early as Christmas. So now the Panthers are kind of on the clock. They yeah. got to make a roster move. It's about a month ahead of schedule, by the way. The original I, prediction was somewhere January, February. You, if you want my take on it, my take on it is that he's going to return to the lineup when they find the cap to get him in. And otherwise, he'll be not healthy. True. And, you know, at some point, they'll, you know, the clock will be ticking and they'll have to do something out of desperation. But I think that's what's going to happen. You know, this is something that Saravelli wouldn't just bring up out of nowhere. He probably knows something's up. The Panthers got to make a move. And, we may have just been a little bit flippant in in thinking about this because we had conversations like what happens with Duclair's got to be activated, and we were just like, oh, Hornquist will go on LTIR. It, but are are we are we sure that's going to happen? Because no, I, I haven't. I I went back on that the second that he didn't go on LTIR uh, after the Los Angeles game. Man, I like, was positive. That when Duke was ready, we would start seeing things about Hornquist either getting traded or going on LTIR. Yeah, and uh, my blood pressure started raising when I saw that Cerebelli was speculating that it might be Duclair that would get traded. That would. And he even said that the Panthers might have to attach a sweetener to get rid of Duclair. That would be ridiculous. And I mean, thirty goal year. It, I don't think that he's stupid, Cerevelli. I don't think that he would just say that if it wasn't kind of true. Maybe, maybe the not. only thing like the Panthers would need to might because the Panthers are playing off their back foot right now. Teams know that we need to clear space for Duclair. Yeah. So it 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 would be hard not to attach a sweetener on a piece that's going to clear the space to allow for his return. Yeah. But to like, what do we gain by attaching a sweetener to just trade away Duclair? That doesn't open anything up for us. Yeah, I have to imagine. Because they could just wave. Uh, no, that wouldn't work. Because he would still count against the cap. Yeah. 
and they would be screwed. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I, I see this one ending. It's just, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're banking on somebody getting on LTR, but it's like very hard to breach the idea of uh, Reinhardt getting traded or Bennett getting traded. I definitely don't see Gudis or Montour or Forsling getting traded. No, you can't trade a defenseman right now. Yeah, no, none, none You're of the, so thin there as it is. For Hagee's definitely not getting traded, especially after the start of the season he had. Man, Patrick Hornquist, what are you doing here? That was just I, I hate that we bring it up every single episode, but they gotta work something out with him. If there was some sort of, you know, handshake agreement that he wouldn't be bought out, he wouldn't be traded. They got they got to amend the terms of the agreement because it just isn't working. They got to get rid of him. What's the uh, the line from Empire Strikes Back? Even though I know you're not a huge Star Wars guy, it's mm. uh, when Vader is talking to Lando. I think he says something to the effect of, <laughs> "I have I am, altered our agreement." Yeah, pray I, I, I do not I've alter. altered. Yeah, it's exactly it. I've altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Mm-hmm. Zito might need to pull one of those. Yeah, And granted, like, yes, that comes with its own blemishes when it comes time for players to sign with us or waive clauses to be traded here. But if you, like, if you want Duke back, there's only one real avenue to get there. Mm-hmm. That I wouldn't, mean, rather, there's only one real avenue that wouldn't cause the franchise or the, the fan base to abandon this team. And, you know, like it's like I said about Balsers, like they went the direction that they went on that. And I think it's going to hurt them with a a certain kind of free agent down the road. The the one that signed the one million dollar one year deal. Right. The prove it deal. Yeah. I don't know if that kind of player is necessarily going to sign as readily for Florida as they had in the past. And I think it just moves them from maybe the number one team in the league to help you on a prove it deal to maybe more in the top 10 yeah and balser scored a goal with tampa bay by the way which uh just hurts my feelings why do you have to do that at least it wasn't against the panthers no but he will score against the panthers oh for sure balser's hat trick incoming you know Um, that that's going to happen yeah the big difference here is duclair is coming off a 30 goal season having already been an all-star once in his career Mm -hmm. like duclair has proven it so hear me out. We trade Hornquist to the Leafs for nothing because they lost uh, Jake Muzzin yeah. for the rest of the year. So they have that LTIRO space. So they could just like use him. He's a free player. They just put Wayne Simmons on waivers also. Yeah. And they so didn't they, do that for the Cavs. They need space. a new Wayne Simmons. And he's better than Wayne Simmons. Uh-huh. It's not very good, but he's better than Wayne Simmons. Is there a defenseman that we could take off uh, Toronto's hands also while we're at it? Just to, I mean, a bad one. You want Mac Holloway? Isn't it Hollowell? Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that would be probably the avenue I would look at first. Like find some team that was supposed to be a competitor. With a, with a guy that's going on LTIR that they thought was going to be in their lineup. And, you know, hey, free player. He's like a bad third liner, good fourth liner. Oh, know? Justin Hall sucks, right? Justin Hall sucks now. Yeah, we could take him. Because I bet Justin Hall would not suck here. No. 
I don't think he sucks. I think that uh, I don't either, but I think uh, I think the Leafs are kind of turning on him a little bit. I don't know. I'm I'm reading too far into this. You uh-huh. are Toronto would be an interesting team. I think we'd have to include a sweetener on that one a little bit. Um, it wouldn't have to be anything super significant, but Toronto would probably actually play Hornquist because they need to. Yeah. So they could use it. They wouldn't just be like taking a captain from us. I mean they would, but they'd also be getting a player that they can use out of it. Yeah. And I mean, if it comes to somebody else, like I I honestly cannot even get into that conversation right now because like God, God forbid. Because if, it, if bo- it's anyone else, it's that is a failure of management. Oh, absolutely. Unless you manage to trade Anthony Duclair for help on for help in the back. If you can do Duclair for like a good defenseman, fine. I don't love it. But yeah, fine. but like the, you, that's just yeah, going to no, create the same way, problem. Yeah. yeah, either way, you have to clear the cap space. All right, yeah. so Anthony Duclair for Jake Muzzin, one for one. No, no, I'm not <laughs> no, doing that. Absolutely yeah, that's, not. <laughs> no, never, not ever. Oh my goodness. Either way, you have to clear cap space to. You either have to clear the cap space to bring Anthony Duclair back onto your roster. Uh, or or clear the cap space to bring whoever you trade Anthony Duclair for on your roster, unless you're trading Anthony Duclair for a first round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill Zito's tenure, it was going so well. Like you couldn't complain about anything. Everything was, was looking amazing. good. We were on top. And then, you know, it just kind of got <laughs> and disappointing. And then he traded for Ben Sherat. It just That's got, when like, everything started going downhill. You can't really complain, you know, it's like 500, but you feel disappointed. And when we come back, I was actually talking about the US men's national team this whole time. We're like the, for the last <laughs> for the last 10 seconds. We'll talk about their 1-1 draw with Wales uh, when we come back. All right, welcome back to U.S. Men's National Team, Paris. <laughs> that doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. It does not. At least when I change the name of the show, what I do also starts with a P. All right, so we're we're back to talk about the 1-1 draw against Wales. Like I was saying, first half, completely perfect. Like, really can't complain about anything other than, you know, they should have been 2 nothing up, maybe even more. Like going in one nothing, you couldn't really complain about it. But knowing how the second half went, that was the opportunity to win that game, take a stranglehold over you know a top two spot in that group. You do have to settle for the one one draw in the end. You know the penalty was a, a very frustrating moment, kind of an unnecessary error. But uh, doom and gloom is not necessarily the place to go here because everything's still to play for. If you get a a tie, a draw with England, you're going to be back in a very, very good spot and probably advancing with uh, a win against Iran in the last game, Iran, as it probably should be pronounced. It should. Jake, what were your country is called? What were your thoughts on the game? Gareth Bale. Yeah, he, he was good. End of thoughts. I didn't (laughs) watch. You didn't watch. I didn't. I couldn't. It was in the middle of a work day for some of us. I know you're included in that, some of us, but like, (laughs) look, man, 
I've been playing Pokemon Violet since (laughs) my free time has been going to that. And when a new Pokemon game comes out, I focus all of my energy on it. Well, look, good. I, I want to see every single detail. Like, I want to hear all the music uninterrupted. I want to, I want to hear the ambient sounds of the new region, and I want to see everything and focus on everything. And the World Cup is a distraction to that. So you haven't seen any of the World Cup. I have not. Well, the U.S. against England is on Black Friday. I, I trust you're going to be watching that. We'll see how I'm feeling with Pokemon Violet, because that game. Oh, come moves. on, come on, we're gonna. We're gonna have to get together. You know that's that's a good point. Yeah, I can't I can't say no to a revolutionary war rematch. <laughs> it's always a fun one. Yeah, Britain's come back for vengeance, and you know I guess that Britain has come back for vengeance because we played Wales as well. But uh, it's really just England in this case. England beating Iran six to two, impressive display, but really really good finishing that I don't know if they're going to be able to replicate in every game. But they do have Harry Kane. You know, Harry Kane is uh, very good at finishing. They also have Jude Bellingham. Yeah. I bet that's a name you didn't expect me to pull out of my ass. I did not. He's good. <laughs> he's he's excellent. They also he's... have Joe Hart. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> you know, he plays for Celtic. I'm no, not, uncomfortable not... with with the fact that he still plays. He's not that old. <laughs> Isn't he, he was pretty he was pretty young back then. And you know, goalkeepers, they play pretty long. I thought he was like a hundred years old at this point. No, no, no. He's like in his mid thirties, probably. Really? Hold on. Let's let's see. My God, he's only thirty five. Yeah, I mean, two thousand and ten, eleven. No, it was like two thousand twelve when Man City won the title with him in the goal. So he must have been twenty five. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. It makes sense to me. Weird career, Joe Hart, but uh, the England goalie is now Jordan Pickford, the uh, the Everton goalie. Apparently, Frank Lampard, when he was Chelsea's manager, tried to sign Joe Hart. <laughs> That's a news article that just came up when I searched for Joe Hart's name. This is a way too much Joe Hart talk for the USA-England <laughs> preview. For a game that Joe Hart has nothing to do with. More more comments from me, like uh, that would be the one thing that I hope that the U.S. improves on. Uh, maybe not necessarily against England because it's going to be a very different type of game. They're not going to have the ball nearly as much as they did in the Wales game. But, uh, you know, against Iran, they're going to have to score more than once probably to advance in the group unless they do miraculously well on Friday. And so they're going to have to create way more chances with their possession and final third touches than they did against uh, Wales. And that was really the issue. And I don't know, I would, I would look at, you know, midway through the match, if things aren't working necessarily on Friday, I actually think on, on Friday, they should start Pulisic on the wing because down the center, you do get to take advantage of his dribbling more. No, he's starting in the center. Cause you get to, you get to take more advantage of his dribbling, but just, he just doesn't have the final pass. Like he's just not that good of a playmaker. And he did have the assist to Tim Weah for the goal, but he got so many touches and so few chances came out of that. They only had one shot on target in the whole game. I'm pretty sure. No. Did they really? I'm pretty sure. Man, if the U.S. national team had only selected 19-year-old center attacking midfielder for Manchester City. Jake Langsam. 
number 27, plays right next to Kevin De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. That was who they should have called up for. They sure. really should have selected him for the team. Mm-hmm. He's 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 the assist leader in the Premier League right now. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you overlook that? Come on, man. I'll give the uh, the man of the match award to uh, <laughs> Tyler Adams because he was he was just everywhere. He was running and doing his thing, and he's a dog. He's got that dog in him. Isn't There's he no also the team him. captain? Yes, he is. That's hilarious because there was a tweet. I, I think it was probably the assist on Wea's goal, uh, but like the official Twitter account of the U.S. men's national team tweeted Captain America on the Pulisic touch. But he's not yeah. the captain. He's not the captain. It's weird. So, man. like, what? <laughs> yeah. No. Tyler I get Adams. that it's a nickname because he, like, should be far and away the best player on the team. Yeah. But, like, he's not your captain right now. No. Uh, yeah, so I, I would say find somebody else to play in the middle. Maybe you do uh, Wea, Pulisic, and then Aronson in the middle. That would be a, a way to get Aronson in there. And Samir play a four, two, three, also 35. Yeah, but he's been out of the game for a while. Feels like. Cliche is 37. Oh, goodness. That 2012 City team, man. It's weird that they're all 10 years older than they were 10 the years Vin- ago. You know what Vincent Company is doing right now? I think I'm going to blow your mind. I hope he's managing the Belgian team or something. He is managing. He's managing Burnley. Really? <laughs> yes, he is. That's great. And they're doing very well, actually, because... He started off managing, he was player manager, and then he turned into regular manager for Anderlecht, and they weren't doing well at all. But it might just be like the the club is not in a good spot. Yeah. Anyway, this has been U.S. Men's National Team Paris. Um, do you want to do more Pokemon Paris? Any, anything else that we should squeeze in here? Uh, buy high on Cerulege, he rules, and my hype was entirely justified. Awesome. I'll have more next episode. Ne- by next the, episode, I will likely have beaten the main story. So, did you did you see highlights or just like anything from Saturday's game to get a look at the reverse retro on the ice? I did not. Why don't you take a look right now, and I'll fill for time, and you could tell me how you think it looks. Because I I was just like, this works for me very well. It was sort of the realization of a dream that we've had for such a long time of this like tasteful Miami Vice-ish alternate jersey. with the It's not tree. Miami Vice if there's no pink. Okay, I'll take it. I stand it. by that very firmly. We'll say pastel instead of Miami Oh, it's Vice. a yeah, I mean, I've, I'm on record as saying it's a beautiful jersey, and I love it, and I think it represents the Florida Panthers very well, but it's not a Vice jersey. You know, the one thing that I would say is that maybe the Navy numbers and the Navy pants don't really work that well. The Navy numbers are gorgeous. I, I haven't seen the pants yet, obviously, but... From 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 the stands, you couldn't really tell what oh, the letters... Oh, beautiful! Are. are you kidding? Love I, it. I think it's it's overall, it's a 9 out of 10. See, to me, the light blue to the yellow, red, yellow to the dark blue, that's sky to sand to ocean, baby. I like it, actually. I like, I like the way you're talking about it. Like and, you if know, you actually look at those jerseys from far enough away, that looks like a beach right there. That jersey, <laughs> that that uniform looks like a beach. Blue skies, and also uh, the ocean. I love that it. I love sky, it. sand, ocean. 
you knocked it out of the park, Adidas and also Panthers. And uh, no matter what happens in terms of the scoreboard, we'll look good winning or losing or losing in overtime. Oh, how do you not have that? Not have what? The Zadarov goal. Yeah, not good, man. You literally had that, and then you just didn't have it. You you see what I was saying about Spencer Knight in that game. It was just very frustrating. Anyway, this has been Panther Paris. Make sure to rate us five stars on the Qatar Airways app. Fire Festival, uh, hospitality in Qatar. Is that and, Colin White? Hell yeah. And we will, uh, yeah, he, he totally pantsed uh, Jacob Markstrom. And we will talk to you next week about the U.S. Men's National Team and the Panthers. So see you then. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.